we'll be doing a dramatic reading of the uh, New Testament passage, which is from Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 to 54. If you have one of the Bibles from the church, it can be found on page 834. Verse 45. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, You are, you are, the Messiah. That is, My God, my God, why did you say to me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took his sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see the Lord of the and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The trees also were opened, and many bodies were saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Scott, for the message of the Lord. And welcome everyone to our Good Friday service. It's good to be with you. And a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time, and especially our friends who are joining us today to learn more about what Christian message is and why Good Friday now, this morning I want to speak a little bit about what many people find difficult about Christianity. Now, what is the most common objection and greatest obstacle to faith in God? Now, what is that for you? Now, my take is for many of us, it's the suffering. If there is God, then my God. Why is there so much suffering? Now, of course, beneath the question is the assumption of God's goodness and power. Now, if God is all good, as the Christian claimed him to be, and also if God is all powerful, as even as the Bible teaches him to be, then he's all good and all powerful. But why is there so much suffering? The coronavirus pandemic. Millions of people. The catastrophic war going on in Ukraine. That awful murder of the Easter for the other day. Why? I wonder if you've suddenly asked that question before a Christian. Or perhaps you're asking the question yourself. But there is nothing more challenging, not only to our thinking, but simply to our being experientially. And the question and subject of suffering, the cry of a sufferer, my God, And yet, there is another side to it. Because just as many people feel about the difficulty of reconciling suffering with faith in God, also, countless number of people say that there is nothing more comforting, nothing more encouraging. Enduring and sustaining in terms of suffering than facing God. 
yourself in terms of your suffering in your life. I hope that you hear today after a long hiatus from Christianity because you've realized there is nowhere else to turn in time of need in the world of suffering than true faith in God. And that's why you do that. And look at the Ukrainian Christians singing and crying amidst the war, opening up their houses and churches to pay for those seeking refuge. We close our home, we look at a Mexican family that still crossed in Christ through a tsunami. How is that possible? How can faith in God not only survive in suffering, but sustain people through suffering and even strengthening them? Christian faith says that Israelites have gone back and seen what happened on that first Good Friday. That is, as it takes us back to that awful event of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, on a scale of suffering, this faith means to go to Matthew's place from Matthew chapter 24 21, the world has never seen a day of tribulation like this. Betrayed by his own disciple, rejected by his own people, beaten, mocked, and brutally crucified at the hands of his enemies. One man against the world. And on the scale of disasters, nothing could be more catastrophic. Men killing God. Son of God comes to seek and save the lost, and they shall crucified. However, Matthew shows us in his gospel this morning that in this catastrophic crucifixion of Jesus Christ, God is being used to the world. Uh, the term Eucharistry was coined by J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, some of you may know and like the book. Uh, he meant a catastrophe that's at the same time shockingly and paradoxically good. As indicated by the truth, it's you. Uh, Tolkien said, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest. Do you to the story of humanity? Now, with that in mind, uh, let's look at the passage today in two sections. First, catastrophe of the cross, verses 45 to 50, and you catastrophe of the cross, verses 51 to 54. Verse 45, now from the sixth hour, there is darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. The sixth hour is high noon, 12 a.m. In the middle of the day, there was darkness all over the land for three whole hours as Jesus hung on the cross. Uh, what's going on? Now, one old commentator imaginatively and movingly says, because the world has never been such a wickedness as this, that some is said to be through its presence from the earth. Darkness speaks with what is happening on this day. In the Old Testament, darkness often accompanied God's judgment. So you may remember the story of Exodus, when God judged the Pharaoh who rejected God and persecuted God's people in darkness. But over time, God's people tragically became like Pharaoh. That's the story of the Old Testament, the first half of the Christian book of the Bible. Rebelling against God and abusing one another, Israel become the whole nation. 
So the later prophets like Amos talk about the coming day of God's judgment in this way. And Amos chapter 8, verse 9, and on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make sun go down at noon, darken the earth in broad daylight. I will make it like the morning for an only sun at the end of it like the end of the day. And the Israelites experience a measure of this darkness in that tragic, catastrophic event called Thank you. That is the closest experience in the world. The worst kind. 
the suffering of human beings to be abandoned by someone who loves to be divorced, deserted, rejected. And the gospel says that Jesus knew and experienced his own understanding. He knew and experienced fully the worst time of human suffering. And so all the passing of Jesus was increasingly forsaken, if you remember, he starts with his disciples, but the disciples forsaken one by one. And his own people for speaking. And even at the law and authorities, they will use us to yourself for protection and justice for saving. And now at the cross, he feels that he is in God the Father. That's what they Now, to say Jesus failed and was forsaken by God is not to say that the Trinity was separate or broken at the moment. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and eternal fellowship, and not the altar of hope. Furthermore, if Jesus cries out in the words of Psalm 22, verse 1, we may remember that the Psalm does not end in defeat, but rather in triumph and victory. So this is a Psalm that's calling out, still calling out God on the cross, my God. Jesus still believes in God. He knows that God loves him. And yet, Having said all those qualifications, because he believes God is my God. That's why it hurts so much more. And really, uh, suffering is a greater problem for the believers. If you're an atheist, suffering is not really a problem for you. You may feel hurt, you may feel painful, but if there is no God, well, it's just a random chance. There is no answer for you. There is no reason to feel bitter or resentful. You just feel bad about it. That's love. But for a believer who believes in my God, it hurts. Though the Trinity is unbroken, at this moment, Jesus, in fullness of his humanity, truly felt a real abandonment by his Father. And when they put it, experienced hell on the cross of Mount Golgotha, which means a place of spirit. The Apostles' Creed of Scotland, born of Virgin Mary, he Now, this is my special stuff, my special of so many different levels. How can the author of life be crucified by people who Jesus Christ? What kind of God makes his creatures guilty? Why would God the Father let his one and only beloved son die on the cross? What will fear he lost by the Father? What will forsakenness by the Son who loved the Father with all his heart and mind and soul and strength? This is the real question when you ask, My God, why? Jesus didn't talk in the gospel. He did it for for me. But he did. Jesus entered into God's forsakenness, and the Father bore the steering pain of losing his one and only beloved son to forgive you and rescue you from God's forsaken death, so that your name may not be God's forsakenness. On the cross, 
Thank you. 
the dead are revived by his death. If he passes from life to death, we pass from death to die. Now, many people who are raised on these days, presumably they die to die. I think like, I mean, Jesus is raised in many because they're in his ministry. For example, Lazarus and Jairus' daughter and so on. Hard to believe, hard to see. 
the glorious purpose of Jesus Christ in God, who did not spare his one and only son for you, desires to make us a man to be. As Jesus said earlier in his gospel, he promised in the face of the ask and you'll be given to Seek, you will find. No, you will be given Thank you. 